Must be like the wolf pack, not like six pack. Teamwork. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this first episode of the third chunk of episodes of There's No Only In Podcast, a podcast about teams, being in teams, leading teams, and generally getting the most out of your team. My name is Mark Johnson. I am a performance teacher and a performance maker, and I am joined once again in the room by my partner in pod, Sean Gallagher. Hello, Sean. Hello, Mark. We are back together once again. We are. We are. Did you have a good week off? It was good. It was fun. Yeah, I, th- I felt... It was necessary. It was definitely necessary. I mean, you know, we have smashed out 20 episodes of There Is No I Am podcast. Um, and that's getting a guest on every week, recording it, planning it, scheduling it, editing it and putting it out there. It's not easy, guys. It takes a lot of work. Yeah, and now we're talking about being... Uh, this no longer being a lockdown podcast, but a podcast that we do in our spare time when we're not at work, because we're both now uh, back at work at the college that we uh, share an office in. How are you finding that, being with other people? Yeah, um, obviously there's a few, you know, guidelines and and stuff in place for how we work, um, but no students in the building at the moment. So I think the real test will be when that happens. But overall, good to interact with people, good to be back in a semi-normal kind of environment. Mm. Um, And yeah, just that day-to-day waking up and going to work. Yeah, exactly. The the routines, the relationships... uh, there are adjustments we're making, um, but it's been, but it's been quite nice and it's been quite positive. And uh, thank you, those people who have complimented us on our work as we walked around the the college. We've had some colleagues been listening. We've had some colleagues as guests, so thank them as well. Uh, hopefully, they're listening to this one too. So we took a week off and gave us an opportunity to think about some of the stuff that we covered in what we're going to call series two or season two, if we're feeling particularly American, um, which stood out for you. I really enjoyed uh, James Adu. Mm. I just, I think there was some, some things that I could connect on in terms of his earlier work and yeah. background in, in community um, because I've done some similar stuff yeah. and, and I know you have as well. So definitely, James, I thought he brought a great energy as well. And when you can see someone is really passionate about helping people in uh, or helping young people, sorry, um, in education, I, th- I think it's really beneficial uh, to, to have those people out there. So James was great. Um, and I think Emily as well, just from a, you know, from somewhere completely different yeah just a completely different environment and and somewhere where we don't have huge amounts of knowledge on i guess um so that was that was fun because i felt like i was learning as well as sort of talking about our theme so yeah i think those two stood out how about you mark well i mean our i i might be giving the game away here but our most popular episode ever was uh, the first one of series two, the Dominic Walsh episode. And there was something just really decisive about what he was talking about that I think we picked up uh, beautifully 
with uh, Michael Moore with the two-parter. And I just, I, I really, listening back, Doug, how specific and how repeatable Michael's practice was because working together uh, sometimes can feel like a, you know, a, a, a relationship cocktail. Yeah, that's and a good th- way to put it. And I think being able to employ some of those set standards and expectations to make sure that that cocktail is is going towards excellence. I yeah. Apart from the fact that he was just a blast to chat to, it's why yeah, it was, it was a, why like, it wasn't guy. planned as a double parter. It was it was let's just keep going because he had all the juice. He as we had say. all the juice in his cocktail. Exactly. Um, but. And this is maybe a giveaway that I'm not the, the the sports guy at heart. But you know which one I'm going to talk about now. Yes, of course. Yeah, it is Belbin. It oh, is it Joe. Like, so much fun. Uh, so enlightening doing that, doing that assessment and having a lot of the stuff that you have an inkling about or an instinct about ringing true. Yeah, I mean, I literally, we've been doing training since we've been back at work um and you know i brought up the belvin team roles topic uh with a couple of people because i felt as though there was some crossover with the training we were doing um and yeah some people hadn't heard of it some people were like oh yeah i've I've come across that but to think now that's been quite a few weeks since we Mm. did that episode and for me to still have it kind of at the forefront of my mind and and internally recognizing it in when you're with people is interesting exactly yeah so i i definitely would push people towards checking out the the belbin team roles and maybe doing the assessment yourself because it is really interesting and the good thing i like about it is you're not just assessing yourself you do that You're getting that feedback but you have feedback from three yeah. other people which gives you a much better kind of picture as to the the overall result um and i think it's really helpful you know yeah it was a, a you know great episode do have a listen back uh, episode 13 i think it was um and the process itself was was and i think will continue to be really enlightening in how i work in a large group in the college. We don't have an external guest today. We don't. Stay with us though, guys, please. But uh, I'm intending on stopping talking uh, shortly because uh, one of the things that I wanted to do this episode, Sean, if it's all right, is I wanted to talk to you about something you're setting up at college a house system. Now, uh, we work in a private school and it's not an old-fashioned private school and that's kind of my association with house systems. That and and Gryffindor and, and yeah. Hogwarts and whatever. And so it doesn't... You wouldn't naturally associate with where we are. No. So do you want to tell me why you think it's important why you're why you've chosen to to implement it and what you're hoping to come out of it yeah so i think i'm not firstly i don't think i'm the only person to kind of think about introducing it Mm. in 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 our in our environment um there are other colleagues who who have wanted to go this way yeah but i think i've sort of you know picked up the baton so to speak and, and sort of really ran with it um sort of just before lockdown sort of summer term and then really 
pushed through kind of a plan throughout those couple of months. And the reason for kind of trying to do it is that sense of spirit, that sense of community, the participation element that you can get from bringing groups together, that healthy competition. Uh, Loads of schools will just have it as a, you know, as a... As a given, yeah. as, as you were saying, you know, in the traditional school, it would just be as a given. My brother had a house system. I didn't. Not that I can recall anyway, which probably means even if it was there, it wasn't very <laughs> good. But my brother definitely did have one. And I could, he's seven years younger than me, so I could see how he would interact with a yeah. house system. So do you want to just explain for, for those people who maybe are listening and aren't in the UK or who, like you, went to a school that didn't have a house system, what are we talking about? Yeah, so with a house system, you are looking at dividing up uh, the school uh, with all of the students. Mm -hmm. So everyone should be included um, and that can be staff as well. So some schools will have a a teacher attached to a house um, and they will usually be the tutor as well. Um, And others um, tend to be a bit more maybe neutral and don't want the teachers attached to a house. And then it will just be the students with heads of houses whose job is to be attached to a house. And within that system, there are events and competitions uh, that take place as well as being rewarded for just good pieces of work, homework, effort, etc. And it's basically kind of a praise and reward system. Um, that becomes global within your school where you receive that recognition, you know, and, and builds that kind of sense of community amongst a group of peers from house to house and rivalry (laughs) and rivalry. And that, and that's why, what I'm finding most interesting at the moment, because, uh, this idea of healthy competition or, or, uh, fun competition in creating what you were talking about, uh, spirit feels really important. Like it's like, it's like, it's charging it up. You said you, you get the rewards. I suppose like you were saying, if the teachers are the ones giving out the rewards, if they're attached to a house, it's probably, it's probably not fair. Uh, if I'm able to give all of the house points to, to yeah. Jimmy in my, in my house. Yeah. But as, but as I said, I mean, on the flip side of that, I think staff can can get points for their house so you know let's say that there's an event or a talent show or something like that and a staff member steps up they could actually be winning points for their house so you know they're 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 contributing sort of points towards their own house opposed to giving points out to a house so there is ways that you can kind of engage with the students more and things like that by having teachers part of a house um and it can kind of bring more buy-in i guess uh but for now in in my plan um it's more of a uh driving spirit (laughs) yeah students. now when i think about when i think about the uh, i don't want to keep on going on about the harry potters but when i think about the the houses in those books there's this very very specific sense of identity of the house yes. like they 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 do it like oh it's part it's 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 part of your character 
and you know your personality and and you're allotted to the house that you f- fit personality wise obviously that's magic we're not doing that but is there a sense or an aim that the houses will have a certain character to them or that you will be invited if you if you're put into a house to adopt or go along with that kind of identity so first and foremost as i said i didn't go to a school with a house system. Mm. And so for me to answer that question, I can only go off the research that I've done and dipping into other schools' kind of websites and uh, colleagues uh, and friends at other schools and, and things like that. And I have tried to do do my research um, because otherwise there'd be no point in me running with the system if I, if I didn't think it was beneficial. And across the board, the feedback's been, you know, overall, it's a really good thing to have in your school. Yeah. So to go back to the point um, with the characters and stuff, if you have heads of houses and if we go really traditional and say that you're living in, a, in an actual building, separate building, Right, so, that, that, so that's kind of the original idea is yeah. you, you all lived in the same house. Together. Boarding house. Boarding house, together, yeah. living living together, and then going off to your lessons and coming back together, and then having that head of house um, to uh, to look after you. Have some kind like of authority, that, authority over, over you and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And with that brings its own personalities, because if you look at certain schools, the same house could have won sports day for the last 10 years right. or five years because <laughs> because the head of that house is the head of PE or a PE yeah. teacher. So, and so their values and their way of pushing you exactly. and their expectations and the things that they want you to show up with Exactly. Are asking yeah. that. There's also cool things, um, which, you know, again, very traditional, but, you know, brothers, sisters going to the same house. Uh, if your parents were in a house, you would go to that house. Right. So, in, so we're talking very yeah. traditional now. I mean, then is that something that you'd want to aim for? Because like, we're not a traditional school and I can, and, and I can feel where the proposal that you've put forward and the way that you explained it to people, there's this, there is a balance between the modern and the traditional and it feels like that balance is somewhere between the the values the traditional values that the house system promotes along with the kind of the modern execution the modern way of holding competitions or or giving out the rewards uh would you want that kind of like sense of of importance to to a, to a house. The idea that if someone showed up to our college, and they had had a sibling that had been there before, that you, that they would want to or insist, or even like their parents would say, "No, you must put them in this house." I think so because there's one. There's a sense of safety and comfort there, mm. um, and I think that especially with us, you know, having boarding then, you know, straight away it may create that sense of safety and that sense of comfort um, to go into that boarding house that you that your parents went to and things like that. Do I think it's crucial? Probably not. Um, on your point with regards to the values, that's really what I'm trying to dig into. It's about being part of a team, yeah. which 
for this podcast is, you know, super important. Whenever I can be part of a team, not that all teams, not that I've enjoyed all teams that I've been in because there's certain personalities that you, you know, struggle to get on with and things like that. But the idea of having a group of people marching towards one drum yeah. for a goal and a cause always excites me is always something that I want to be part Even of. when that cause is as arbitrary as this is a cup you get for having the most points for being the best house oh i mean i am naturally competitive sure. and i, I think, have experienced that yeah. yeah and i think when you are naturally competitive you could be the reward could be you know a penny mm. or you know a bar of chocolate it wouldn't matter to me there's something to be won I want to go and try and win it and I want to be the best at it with the other people that are competing it. And that's not the overall aim of the house right. system. It's the contributing to the competition, you know, and giving everyone an opportunity to be rewarded because we've spoke about the cups. Yeah. And yeah, you can, you can maybe ask me a bit about those cups, I guess. Sure. Um, so you've separated from your description the ways in which you can win into different areas uh academic sporting uh creative and uh well, the arts the arts. arts and then overall and that is that is to foster participation what's the what's the importance of that it's to recognize that not all students will be sporty or academic sure. or creative in the arts, you know, and not all students will take certain subjects. Uh, so this way you're giving an opportunity for everyone to have the opportunity to contribute mm. points to their house in the thing that yeah. they're excellent at or the thing that they really enjoy doing because you can get lots of points from just academic work and you may build those up but when an art competition comes around and you're a fantastic yeah. portrait artist or a debate competition or a debate competition your, yeah. but you know sports wise is not going to be for you you've contributed to your house in that art competition because you got first prize in that portrait competition and now your house goes wow they're not very sporty but goodness me what an artist and again you feel brings you closer to that it's about that teamness team. it's about yeah. that that shit because i'm 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 interested in how this connects to uh, one from last series, which is very along very similar lines. When we were talking to Ben at ePraise, mm. and you know that is a system of his points for doing something well, and uh, we kind of it felt like we got to a place in that chat where we were acknowledging it's not just the what you do to get the point that is unique amongst the students, you know, the arty, the sporty, the 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 academic, but also the nature of the reward you receive. So with ePraise, this idea of the, the, the store where, you know, a rainbow colored pencil rubber is really important for one person, but you know, giving to charity might be really important to another person. How does that fit in with this idea of, of house points and cups as the key reward so far as that reward is the motivator? I think because there's going to be individual things that you can, you know, win yourself. Yeah. You may have the most house points that month yeah. and, you know, be rewarded for that. You may be number one on the leaderboard 
uh, for house points. So you could be student... Which is a matter of pride, and the reward is, like, I'm great. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then, obviously, it does go to that kind of tribalness of us against them. You know, there was a, a there was a study. I was I was listening to a podcast, um, and it had a neuroscientist on there, and he basically said if you took twenty people off the street and put them in a room and gave them two different colours, ten had red <laughs> t-shirts and ten had blue t-shirts, very quickly they, they would, would start they to tie in with their group, pull together with their with, with their reds and their tribe, and they would then be together right. just by simply taking people off the street and putting them in the same color top. And there is stuff around that in terms of symbols and symbolism of things. So you can have house colors, you can have house logos, you can have house mottos. Well, house houses are always identified in some way with an idea i would say that the that the that represents the character of the school or the college uh so as i understand it you've picked house names that represent the history of the institution so you're trying to evoke for new people who may not spend a huge amount of time with us because we're a sick form college a sense of legacy of being part of this something bigger, which I'm assuming is what the house system is fundamentally all about. I mean, that was I'm I'm saying it knowing the answer. That was a deliberate a deliberate choice, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. When you have a turnover of students only for maybe a couple of years, which would be unlike a school, you know, that has fifteen hundred students and goes from year seven to year thirteen you've got a long time to work with those new students that come in the building and work on, you know, togetherness and things like that. They come in impressionable and you start to mould them over the course of five, six, seven years. Exactly. Whereas if you have a student for one year, two years, maybe three years max, um, that becomes difficult. So to have something already built in that they can jump straight into and feel a part of from the get-go... I think will enrich those couple of years that they're mm. with us and give them an overall much better experience than just I dipped into this place for one or two years and then I went on to university. Yeah. And I think thinking long term for those people that are joining us in 10 years time, by having the structure and the labels that do evoke history, like once everyone who's left, who was here when the house system started, the house system does carry with it this weight of legacy. And you can see names on the wall or you can see well, the people winners, talking about the rivalry. Yeah, well, the winners, you know, are on the cups, you know, so exactly. year on year you have that tangible uh, that tangible kind of evidence of what went on. Mm. You know, this wasn't something that's just spoken about. It's this year, you know, X house won. Yeah. In 2021, this house won. And in 2030, this house won, yeah. you know, and, and there straight away you build that tangible history. And it strikes me as doing another thing as well. It, it, it makes visible excellence, like a list of winners of something yeah. makes makes visible and brings to the forefront we excel or we are we are interested culturally in trying to be the best yeah i mean when 
when you say it like that, it can evoke other things in people where it just sounds like you're trying to be better than everyone else. And so I'd probably maybe phrase it more around like striving yes. for success. Gotcha. So striving for success, because if you're in a house and you have <laughs> entered all of these competitions and you've won some and you've lost some, and then you personally within your house have gained huge amounts of points for your house. And on the last day of term, you miss out by five points, you know, your house is now not excellent. You still need to feel okay about that. You yeah, need yeah. to feel okay about that because the whole time you're trying to, you're trying to raise attainment and you're trying to raise the importance that trying to be trying. good at things. Yes. Trying. trying is super important. And when you don't have a solid system in place, getting students to, or sorry, creating an environment where students can try things is difficult because it becomes very just broken up and one department may put something on and another department may put something on and they get a small round of applause with the other students in their class, but they don't, they're not working towards something bigger mm. than themselves. And that's another huge part of being part of a team. You yeah. know, we, we've just had the Champions League final, PSG versus Bayern Munich, and all of those players on both sides are earning absolute fortunes. But at the end of the game, they're not crying. They're not winning. The floor. They're not screaming for their bonuses. They're not screaming for their bonuses. They're screaming in an empty stadium, by the way, in an empty stadium, they are in bits because they have won something that is bigger than them because they know when they leave that club, in 10 years' time, people are going to remember the year they won the yeah. Champions League and their fans are going to remember who scored those goals in that final. It's bigger than yeah. the players. Do you think... So I'm going to bring it... I 100% I agree with that. I think that there is a, a recognition of our impact that we have on each other, that it does. Also, I think structured competitions like these allow us to collaborate in a way that you know I'm going to endorse. Definitely. But would you say that there is a there is a there is a lesson taking place in uh, gracious losing because uh, and and do you feel that you have a responsibility to ensure that someone for every winner there's a there's a loser and that they're both being shared around? Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's why, you know, I love sport. Because in sport, there's always a winner and a loser. But you can't play sport if you're not open to the fact that you may lose. Yes. And that you may be okay with losing. And, it's, and it's not an easy thing to think about. And no team goes into a game thinking they're going yeah. to lose you're always wanting to try and win and thinking if we do the things we've been working on and trained on and, you know, based on past experiences, we've got a very good chance of winning. But when teams come off the pitch and they, you know, don't shake hands anymore, but when they used to shake hands and say good game and a pat on the back afterwards and they've lost, you can really gain something from that. And with young people, especially because we don't, create because losing situations yeah For the moment that you're in it it sucks but, the, but these days you know people talk about snowflake generation and i think with covid i've probably 
had to change my mind on that kind of thinking because of how adaptable young people have been yes. in lockdown. Um, and, you know, been doing some really awesome things in lockdown and really positive things for kind of change, um, you know, politically, socially, social et cetera, justice, et uh, awareness. Yeah. Educationally. So all of that. Um, but a lot of parents these days do try to wrap their kids up in cotton wool and they don't allow them to fail. And, you know, in your business, Mark, of, of theatre and, and, and being creative, you know, you have to be open to not maybe putting your best work out there in rehearsals and things like yeah. that because in, in otherwise you'll never do for it your best, in yeah. order to hunt for your best, yeah. And that's what's so good about sport because you can go the next week and try and rectify those mm. things. But if you've never been put in that position, like imagine you're a student and you're in, you're 13 years old and then you go all the way through your educational life and you get to your GCSEs and you get to an exam and it's a really important exam. If you've never had something like a house system or been part of a sports team or been in a creative team yeah. or been part of a yeah. production, how do you, ever know what failure looks yeah, like how and how to deal with it how do you feel the scope of that and come out the other side intact because somewhere along the lines it is going to go wrong and even if it doesn't go wrong at GCSEs it might be A-levels it might be your first job interview it might be whatever but yeah you need that journey and I think you're right there is a there is an unwillingness whether or not it's to put young people at that risk or whether or not you are not accepting of that failure because you are because you don't frame it in the in the way that failure can be positive but that's kind of where we look at a school and go what learning is taking place in this building well yes this learning is happening in this subject area. This learning is happening when they're in uh, science class. This learning is right. happening elsewhere. But there's also uh, the you're going to leave this building and none of that and the way that that's delivered is going to matter in the same way that it did in that room. But you losing a football match, you will run into in some way again and again and again and again through your life. And, 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 and so the learning that's happening there is is critical De definitely and and i think it's on two levels when you're part of a team sport is that and, and not just a team sport because let's just say you play tennis yeah you still win or lose tennis games um and you have to go to the next tournament and, and yeah. see how you get on there but it's on two levels because you're assessing your own performance regularly yes as well as the winning and losing of your team. So there's, it's kind of twofold. You, you may have a good game, you may have an excellent game, and the rest of the team just didn't step up that day. And then you have to look at that and go, I done well here and here and here, and I could have maybe improved here. And then you look at it as a bigger picture of, and my team done this yeah. as well. So it's like twofold in terms of how much learning you can get. Um, and yeah, so just going back to the house system, I think that you know, you use a really good word in terms of evoke. And I think that we're just trying to evoke that sense of community and competition that young people will experience in their life. There's, you're not going to not go through your life without failure yeah. or without competition. It's going to happen. So why not try and learn it in the early years 
opposed to like you said getting to your first interview if you've never been knocked back for anything yeah. before in your life you never failed in anything in your life you never lost anything in your life you get to a job interview you don't get it and you're crushed it was always my challenge with how drama school is organized uh and they go to a great length to describe it as professional preparation but through your third year you are automatically placed in productions <laughs> and you'll always have a part somewhere yeah. in three productions in your last year at drama school and then immediately afterwards you're faced with the prospect of not getting an audition so the first thing that happens to you out right. of drama school is you don't get to do the acting that you've just been trained to do and that bit you know and yeah lip service is paid to it but that experience of oh it's not a given yeah hits really hard when you're actively <laughs> having to find work to yeah, do what you, you've just trained and to as do. professionally prepared as you have been for the doing the acting the job of an actor of being an actor is the auditions is the is the hustle to make your own work the the acting is almost the reward <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting because, as I said, this isn't my expert area, but it's amazing that when we do see people on the big screen, a lot of the time we just think, oh, wow, what an easy yeah. life they have, or this must have been so easy and for them. And then they make it, and, and, and oh, oh my God, this overnight sensation. This overnight sensation, whereas a lot of people, not just in the acting world, but like across just successful people in general say, it's the, you know, the 10 year overnight success. Exactly. Or the 20 year overnight success. When I think about someone like Tom Hardy, who appeared out of nowhere all of a sudden, except for the fact that he'd been working for 10 years. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, um, yeah, I think kind of instilling, instilling, um, that resilience as well mm. into, into young people, um, which hint, hint, we may have a kind of resilience themed episode you're um, a, in you're a couple a tease, of weeks. Sean. Yeah. Last thing on the house system, mm. from what you were saying there in an ideal world, would that overall cup with the name on the plaque be uh, the, a different one every year would it alternate so it would be like this house won it first year then that house then this house then that house then this house then that house or would you want like dynasties would it be fun to see a house win a few years in a row or would you would you in your mind rather see we do well and then the others push forward and then we push back and then we push forward yeah I mean yeah dynasty is really interesting one because if you read you know a book from a really successful coach, whether it be Sir Alex Ferguson or like Bill Belichick or something like that, um, or Bill Walsh, yeah. uh, 49ers um, coach, you read those books and you hit like hear of these dynasties and all you want to do is put together this longevity of yeah. success. Which is really fun for the team. Which is really fun for the team that's in it. But if I take myself out of that bubble and I look in on it, whether it's NBA, uh, you know, the Premier League, um, you know, NFL, it's really not fun for everyone else for there to be a dynasty. No, yeah. but also as, a, as, as someone experiencing it as a fan is not yeah. great to already have the script written that yeah, Patriots are going to win again. It removes the striving. It removes the striving. And I think that's where, um, you know, I always manage to get a bit of sport or football in here, don't I? But that's just where in the last couple of years with like the Premier League, it's actually been fairly interesting because it hasn't just been 
the one team. Mm. You know, Liverpool won it this year, the first time in 30 years. You know, that's different. That's exciting. Will they win it again? Will someone else strive? I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm a 40-year-old man, so the idea of Liverpool being the best team in the country uh, is like harking back to my childhood. No, exactly. Legacies. Exactly. Liverpool in the 80s. But yeah, I think I think that's always a, two, a two-edged coin, uh, a two-sided coin. Um, when you're in the team, you always want a dynasty. If you're not in the team and you're experiencing it differently as maybe a fan, you want a change. And in, in the house system, I definitely wouldn't want any house dynasties um, unless I was part of the house, <laughs> in which case then I would. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually super excited for the prospect of it. And I just, I, we tried last year to inject a little bit of that competition in. And so formalizing that, and we saw the positive effect of it. So formalizing it, I'm really excited. I hope that... Uh, it goes super well. Sean, you're an amazing guest as well as a host. I'm uh, really not sure. How did about it feel that. being grilled? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel, I know how the uh, how the guests feel now, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm always in I'm always in good hands with you, Mark, aren't I? So it's all good, and we are you know again in the same room in Mark's amazing. Uh, podcast studio someone called it the podcast studio so it feels uh, it feels real and it's uh, really enjoyable to be able to do it like this yeah, yeah this is fun I, I like it's this does hark back to kind of where we started thinking about recording these conversations just like two people slightly opposing views fundamentally underlying similar values probably um but like the just digging into those details and and it's really fun to come back to it having had the input of like 19 no it won't be 19 because we had a couple of double bills but you know a couple of uh all of those really brilliant perspectives i feel like i've learned so much so far yeah i feel really privileged to have learned so much in lockdown um and to have met so many sort of new new people you know that hopefully now I will you know have some sort of connection to and can work on other things um, and look more into their line of work and you know because some people we have on are researchers and you know they have books or yeah. they have you know their own projects and they have their own businesses so you know just delving into those things a little bit more I think is uh, a real positive yeah, the, and fur a real the further we go into having imposter syndrome because our guests are so phenomenal I think the better the podcast will be <laughs> definitely definitely so that's i mean it's a, a slightly short one today that's okay i quite like this length i've had a, i've really enjoyed just shooting the breeze uh on the house system and yeah i'm sure we'll kind of in our intros and in our outros we'll touch back to see how it goes when actual students are involved which is always always the the game changer with college work um we will be having guests on uh, back to normal next week and uh, so do tune in for that like, like, like Sean teased we've got some really interesting and quite new areas to be talking about um, you can always get in touch with us on Twitter on Instagram uh, at noipodcast you can email us mark or sean at noipodcast.show you can check out the the webpage noipodcast.show which has got the old episodes on if you want to dip back in if you want to revisit Michael or Joe or uh, Dominic Walsh um, 
or anyone from the first series, but that feels like a long time ago. <laughs> Go back to the start, guys. Get get the real flavour of the podcast and see how it's progressed on up to 20 episodes. Uh, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know who you want to hear from. Let us know if you've got anyone you think would be wicked on the podcast. And, uh, and we will do everything we can to get them on now that uh, we are back in our day jobs. I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that uh, last thing at 40 minutes in is for me to say uh, goodbye from Sean. Goodbye, guys. And also goodbye from me. Goodbye. You must be like the wolf pack. Teamwork. Yes.